Dear Poi Lam, looking at the immediate responses to CY Leung's second policy address, you would get the impression that he has put too much efforts in helping the poor and vulnerable, but has largely ignored the needs of the middle class. Well, the proposed low-income working family allowance, which, if implemented, would cost $3 billion each year, is no doubt the centerpiece of his speech. According to Learn, some 200,000 families would benefit from the scheme. As a result, the Chief Secretary Carrie Lam estimates that the poverty rate would drop from 15.2% to 13.5%. The child poverty rate, that is, the proportion of children under the age of 18 living in poverty, will also be reduced from 19.9% to 15.5%. In addition, the policy address has included a long list of welfare or enhanced services for the elderly and other disadvantaged groups. For example, the amount of elderly health care voucher would be doubled to $2,000 a year. Within the term of learn, that is during the next three to four years, the government will provide 5,000 additional subsidized residential care places for the elderly. Within the same time frame, there will be 6,200 additional places for rehabilitation services. The value of pre-primary education voucher will increase by $2,500 per year for two consecutive years. Many of the community care fund programs will be regularized, such as free lunch for primary students of low-income families, additional textbook assistance, and tuition fee reimbursement. These programs will benefit about 270,000 students. From next year on, the intake of senior year undergraduate places for sub-degree graduates will progressively increase by a total of 1,000 places. And the list goes on. All in all, there are over 160 new initiatives and more than 430 ongoing initiatives in eight policy areas. According to the financial secretary, John Zhang, these measures will incur more than $20 billion of recurrent expenditure on an annual basis. No matter how you look at it, CY's policy address has attempted to make up some of the lost ground during Tung's and Donald Zhang's regime. And because of the stagnation of these social spending, many needy people have suffered tremendously in the past years. However, if we look closer to Leung's initiatives, we will find many of them are not really effective solutions to the inadequacy of care and support for the needy. For example, Although 5,000 residential places for the elderly seem like a lot, the waiting list for residential services has grown to more than 30,000 now. In addition, of the 5,000 places, 3,000 are provided through vouchers. In other words, these places will be provided in the private market. Well, there are already ample private residential places. In fact, the occupancy rate for privately run elderly homes is about 70%. The crux of the matter is the lack of quality rather than quantity of these profit-making services. 
putting more public resources to enable frail elderly and their families to purchase these services is not the way to do it. In addition, Learn said the government will purchase residential care places from an elderly home run by a Hong Kong NGO in Shenzhen. They are discussing the similar arrangements with another elderly home in Shaoxing. The fact is, these two homes in mainland China have not been popular, although they have been in existence for 8 and 12 years. Their occupancy rate has been consistently low, that is between 25 to 50 percent. The reason for elderly people refusing to stay in these homes in China, despite costs being much lower, are clear. First, they are concerned about the quality of medical care in China. And second, they would rather stay in a familiar neighborhood and be able to meet with their families and friends frequently. So what's the point of buying more places in homes that have been proven unpopular? As for the 6,200 rehabilitation service places, there are close to 19,000 disabled persons waiting for them. In other words, the proposed increase will shorten the current waiting list by less than one-third in three or four years from now. The low-income working family allowance will no doubt provide some relief to many families who suffer from low wages. Without the courage to review the minimum wage on an annual basis, CY resorts to this scheme to support these low-wage earners and assist them further if there is a child in the family. However, there is no consideration for people who are disabled or chronically ill. According to a study conducted by the Rehabilitation Society last year, the median monthly household income for families with a disabled member is only $11,000. The poverty rate for such families is an astounding figure, 50%. Thus, I think the scheme should provide additional subsidies to families with disabled or chronically ill members. The grievances of the middle class about the lack of measures to help them in this policy address is understandable. The unrelenting housing costs and inflation in the past years have eroded their quality of life significantly. In addition, the privatization of education and medical care have only increased the financial burden of the middle class. To appease them, I would expect the financial secretary will throw in some tax deductions in his budget, which he will deliver in the next month. But it is more important for the government to stop privatizing social and human services. Instead, the government should continue to invest in social programs that people of all classes, all status, can enjoy relatively with low-cost but high-quality education, medical care, and housing. As Leo Gustet pointed out in his latest book, Poverty in the Midst of Affluence, it is the misguided belief that social spending threatens financial stability and economic prosperity that the government now has created a new poverty in Hong Kong. I hope you should realize that there is no lack of wealth in both the public and private sectors in Hong Kong. The main problem is, is skewed distribution. 
CY has made a step in the right direction in reinstating some of the social spendings the last two chief executives have overlooked. However, these means-tested programs will fall short of extending support to the middle class, who, I think, deserves a much higher level of security, given our current prosperity. 